Welcome to Vibes Revealed, a podcast dedicated to pulling back the veil around wellness with your hosts, Taylor McKiska and Jay Tolette. We believe living well is for everyone and no topic is taboo. Join us on our journey as we redefine what it means to be truly well in a modern world. We're celebrating everyday magic, but always keeping it real. Let's vibe. This is Vibes Revealed, episode 15. Um, today, we are actually chatting with, well, we act, we already chatted with them. These interviews were recorded in the past. Um, <laughs> but we are talking to a handful of people about their experiences thus far in quarantine during this time of COVID. So our original plan was to record this, well, we did record it. <laughs> I feel like it was back in September or October, early October. I had the idea for it when I was in a breathwork class on the equinox, on the okay. fall equinox was when I had the idea of this episode. So, so yes, it's been a long time in the making. We chatted with a bunch of different people who had, can you hear that? <laughs> it's my garage door. Oh, it's also broken, so it's a struggle to open it. We, we have to press the button several times. Anyway, um, we chatted with a number of different people who have all had very different COVID experiences, but weirdly similar COVID experiences. And I think this episode is a nice reminder of just how how much of a collective experience this has been and how much we've all been kind of going through really similar shit. Yeah. And a, another big reason that we wanted to do this was I think a lot of times we we assume the voices in people's typing. Like we read a lot of stuff, you know, we read the news and we read each other's posts on social media and we don't often get to hear each other in our own voices, in our own words. Um, throughout these interviews, I was so grateful for people's candidness and just the the way that they were really willing to share in a way, sometimes like interviewing someone is different than when they get to like create the post online, you know, talking about their experience. Like we, we get to kind of edit those things around. And obviously this episode is edited and these interviews were edited for time. Um, but yeah, it was, it was amazing to hear in everyone's own words and own voices, the experiences that they've had throughout this time in quarantine. Yeah. And I think, you know, on the subject of us launching this several weeks after was originally intended, it's interesting that it's falling at this time because we are now in a second wave of COVID. Lots of countries are going back on complete lockdown. I have friends in Germany who just finished their last days at work again before going into complete isolation. And we're we're seeing the highest numbers that we've seen in the US and the numbers are pretty bad. So I think as much as it's interesting to listen to the progression of our experiences and how things have changed, it's also a good reminder to be like, oh wait, um, this thing is still here. <laughs> And it still has to be dealt with in ways that are safe and smart. So just reminding everybody to be safe 
reminding everybody that we're not doctors. We're not, Oh yeah. we have no, this, these are not recommendations, but I think in a lot of ways it will make you feel better about the way you're feeling. A lot of people are over it. A lot of people are still really scared a lot. You know, like there's a whole spectrum of experiences and I mean, number one, always wear a mask, always be safe, always, you know, like, I'm just like saying this now, everybody on this, these episodes wears masks. (laughs) (laughs) they're happy about it (laughs) and they're still being safe but there are a lot of ways where we're just learning to live with COVID now and I think that's like the phase that we're all in because I don't know I don't know you'll hear yeah yeah I definitely want to talk about our takeaways and kind of how we're both feeling after you after we listen to these interviews um but Yeah. So we talked to everyone we talked to is, um, they're all adults. They're all over 18, but we did talk to a couple college students. We talked to someone who had COVID. We talked to someone who lost their job, someone who started a new job and someone who is definitely just like in the swimming in some very creative waters during (laughs) this COVID quarantine time. So we, we talked to a good handful of people having different experiences. We talked to someone who works in healthcare, who works in a hospital, which was amazing. And, um, yeah, I can't say enough how grateful I am to the people that we talk to for their willingness to share and um, be open with us and just kind of like be be in this very destabilizing time um, with us in this episode. So yeah, we're super, super grateful to all of those people. So grateful. Yeah. Also, just like side note, this was a, a wild ride to edit. I was like... <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking, but, um, (laughs) I hope that, yeah. So like on the topic of editing, this definitely, we talked to each of these people for almost 30 minutes and we had great conversations, not those full conversations are not here. These were just like edited down, um, so that we got to hear a little bit of everyone's experience. So, as you're listening, this was definitely created with the intention of uh, building some compassion and hearing everybody's stories in their own voices. So as you're listening, definitely keep in mind, like, this is not the full scope. These bits are not everyone's total experience. And um, I hope we can all just have a little grace with each other around that. Lovely. So... I guess that's it. Here you go. These are um, some some moments from quarantine. I would say at the beginning, I was very much like, okay, if I get COVID, like I'll get it and I'll either be okay or I won't. And then I actually got it. Well, March 15th, I was supposed to bartend and I got the call from my, my boss. I was like, yep, yeah, bar's closed indefinitely. I was like, all right, well, guess I'll just hang out. You know, I didn't think that I would lose my job. I thought he was going to continue to have me come in for a while. Then Easter, I think, like the day after Easter, he goes, because he wasn't paying me on time, like every week, like he would have. He then goes, you need to look or you need to 
sign up for unemployment. It was very jarring because I was in a I was in an entirely different city when I found out that uh, that my school was getting shut down. And then my roommates at the time, their parents lost their jobs, so they suddenly weren't able to pay the rent. We had to try and get our lease terminated. I just started a new job. So there was that that uncertainty of, am I going to lose my job um, that I just got? So there was a lot of pressure to overperform. All of these things are happening and you just have to like be thankful that you even have a job at this point. My finals just kind of got like canceled or, and so yeah, that happens like a good, I want to say two weeks before we actually weren't allowed to really go anywhere anymore. Yeah, I I obviously didn't expect when it first happened that I wouldn't be returning to campus this year. I kind of thought, oh, this will all at least blow over by this school year. But, you know, I've definitely come to terms with the fact that it's not. And I have mixed feelings. On one level, I feel like I'm losing a lot of my experience at UCLA which is such a beautiful campus and such a special place and I'm not really getting to enjoy it but at the same time it's also saving money as well because I was spending a lot on lifts and ubers etc so mixed feelings pretty much all through March and April it was like what do we know about this? What changes need to be made in kind of this like crisis sort of situation? And like my schedules shifted like 180. Um, and I was working like 12 hour shifts, like six days a week, really in those early periods where we weren't really thinking about what's sustainable. Like we didn't really expect that this was going to be a months long kind of situation. I think Everybody felt that in those times. We did lots and lots of working out the first month. Lots of working out. And then also lots of uh, family meals, you know? It started out as a, a really bad headache. And I don't usually get headaches like that. And it continued. And I, um, it started out as pain, like body pain. And I have chronic pain. So it kind of manifested in that way where all of the areas that my body typically hurts, it just hurt a lot worse and it kept getting worse. So at first I didn't really know what was going on. And then it started turning into, um, I got the fever. Um, my chest would get uncomfortable. When the respiratory stuff started happening, that was probably a week into it. That's when it started getting scary. My mind is still in March. The fact that I'm in October is insane. The fact that I turned 28, you know, in June is like, and even then I was like, oh my gosh, okay, that's crazy. Um, well, we'll see how this continues to go. And it's just like, it's been, I'm definitely healthier than I've ever been because, you know, I'm not like going out, touching people's germs, making out with strangers, you know, things like that. They marginally reimbursed us. I think I got back like, nine hundred dollars out of the twelve thousand yeah i think like, i got a total of six or seven hundred but we're getting absolutely no no it's it is it's it's, it's absurd it's we're ridiculous. getting no resources <laughs> i'm i mean i'm honestly getting an education i could probably get off watching youtube videos and we're paying the price of uh full college tuition nothing is really changing even in terms of like i'm lucky as a gender studies major that a lot of my teachers are very 
compassionate and understanding but I I hear from other people it's like no one's changing the way that they test the way that assignments and it's like how can you do that when the entire system of the way that you learn has changed so much it's it's crazy I literally woke up one morning and my boyfriend decided that he didn't want to be with me anymore (laughs) outside of just like being in a pandemic and not being able to see your friends and go to your girlfriend's house and drink wine and and cry and have that you know support instead I was in the same house as him for a month usually when that would happen you would like go stay at a friend's house or like go and be outside of the house and that was just not possible at that point working in psychiatry most of the patients who I see who are COVID positive are actually not coming to the hospital for COVID they have to be screened for COVID before they can be admitted to the inpatient psychiatry unit. Like we talk about a second wave in terms of like the second wave of COVID after some period of recovery. But another way of thinking about the second wave is like the second wave of the COVID pandemic is like the mental health crisis that is inevitably following. And that's really what we're seeing now. What I see like in a day-to-day is like people decompensating from mental health conditions in the context of COVID. Our next question is, what has your emotional experience been during COVID? I felt really alone and confused. And when I was sick, I didn't leave my house for an entire month, stuck inside my house, and then ultimately kind of afraid to leave my house even after I got better. And after I did get better, I still had other lingering health symptoms. Like I think that I had bronchitis probably, and I was also hit with a really hard depression. So I was just depressed and confused and I felt really alone and stuck in my house. The first person I found out even had it passed away from it, which was probably mid-April, maybe even into May. But I hadn't heard of any, like no, nobody close to me, nobody in any of my circles had contracted it um and then like a really good friend of mine from high school her husband got it and it turned out he had a he didn't realize that he had a pre-existing like heart condition and i definitely have like had a couple days where i wasn't feeling good may have just been because me and my roommate kind of got faded the night before and i was like "Uh oh am i hung over do i got the roni but yeah no i haven't had a serious like connection with the disease in terms of having lots of people or people super close to me having it except for just you know husband of a friend I like mentally I I don't feel like I'm unwell but my I mean I last week called my mom and I was like I don't know what is going on I'm so emotional and then as I was telling her I was emotional I started sobbing and then I called her the next day and just ugly cried I sat on my floor on the phone with my mom and just ugly cried and I was like I have you know like and it's not to say like I have nothing to cry about but it's just this weird overlying situation of COVID where like we don't know when things will quote-unquote go back to normal obviously not going to go back to what normal was prior, which I have no idea. I know that the minute we're allowed to go out without masks, I'm probably going to have a, some sort of like minor panic attack because I'm not used to seeing so many people in one spot. I don't know. I honestly wasn't too unhappy about the idea of being home because it saves a lot of money and I have a lot of friends here. Mm-hmm. Similarly, I was in a relationship at the time that was slowly that I could feel was kind of coming to a close. And in a sense, having to like face such a large change in my life just through COVID kind of catalyzed my ability to really make a change in my relationship. 
and uh, it kind of gave me the opportunity to end it in a sense or to mm. yeah to break up with my ex-girlfriend so um no it was definitely it was all it's all been a massive change it really has but I think I think it was kind of in a sense a good thing because it made me reevaluate a lot of things in my life just because if you're facing one change you might as well jump full force into figuring it all out it was just like a clusterfuck of all of these emotions I have to be strong for myself I have to you know especially working at home is like and going through this all I wanted to do is just like be in bed and be depressed and be in a dark room and not talk to anybody but at the same time want to talk to people and it was and you can't really do that I have to wake up at the same time every day I have work to do. I have to walk my dog. I have to do all of these things and create a routine for myself. So what am I going to do? Am I going to sit here, wallow and, and be depressed? And I decided, no, that wasn't going to be me. I started working out every day. I started eating better. I started teaching myself how to cook. Yes learned about myself and and learned how much stronger I can be when I rely on myself and not on another person. Looking back, I was like, I was not as happy as I thought I was. I am now not living through life in rose-colored glasses. At first, I was honestly pretty happy to get to just be inside, which I know is a really privileged, like, um, way to think about it, of course, but I, it was nice to just be able to be lazy and not have to worry about going places. And it definitely also made me realize how much I do kind of value being by myself, which I never really thought about before, because I've always thought of myself as a very extroverted person. But, you know, also as time went on, it got more kind of I felt more isolated and things like that I feel like it's kind of hard for me to think about my own emotional experience with it because every day like my day-to-day -day is so intertwined with my patients emotional experiences and a lot of them are very much colored by COVID. You know, eight to five every day, I'm talking to people person after person and asking them like that exact question in terms of what their emotional experience has been. And a lot of times, you know, I don't even have to ask that question. Like it comes up organically because it's the reason for them coming in or it's the reason for them wanting to increase their medication or need more therapy or, you know, reestablish care with psychiatry after years of like being quite stable and not needing kind of as frequent visits or medication at all. You know, I think it makes sense for a number of reasons why this is so destabilizing for people who already have depression, anxiety, substance use disorders. If you think about like the support systems that people rely on, the coping skills that people rely on the structure and the routine of their days that people rely on to keep everything under control and to keep their mental health stable. All of those things are entirely destabilized by the pandemic and everything related to it. Work loss, financial losses, family stressors, isolation, lack of social support, you know, all of those walls that really prop people up have come crumbling down. And so my day-to-day -day is really managing that with other people and kind of holding their hand through it. And so I can't really separate my own emotional experience of COVID from that. Yeah, I mean, it's really destabilizing. I think, I mean, in, in some way, like as positive kind of spin on things is like, 
it does, you know, it does make you think about what you rely on in terms of like what you really value and the things that we take for granted a lot of times in what keeps us feeling safe, keeps us feeling healthy, keeps us feeling connected. A lot of times it's not until you lose those things that you realize actually how much they ground you. And it kind of makes you re-examine your priorities as well in terms of like, you know, what's, what's worth taking what risks to maintain those connections, maintain those support systems. Our next question is, what's been the biggest change for you? I've been out of work for a while. I found that I didn't, I just didn't feel comfortable being around people mm. anymore. And I used to love that. So that was almost kind of scary to me, like something that I really loved and enjoyed now was something I was kind of terrified of. And I want to hang out and I want to go out and do fun things, but it doesn't feel like the right thing to do. I mean, I have a clothing line that's pretty fun. And um, I started like making masks when this all happened and like they're pretty cool and people really liking them. So then I just got super wrapped up in like the production of all those and then I'm doing all the shipping and all the like fabric shopping. So I got really busy with that stuff, which was fun. So I wasn't like pooped up in the house, but no, I've stayed super busy. I've stayed super active. Um, I think one of the biggest changes I got, I started just going on tons of bike rides, which was nice. And like, I like doing night bike rides. I get a little high and go on a nice night bike ride, which is always good. I, the biggest change is the fact that now I'm I'm living on my my own. That's really been kind of, I mean, it's different. It's weird. I'm, I feel like I'm doing pretty well. Like I don't feel like I'm lonely and I live all alone, but it's just weird to go like, oh, hey, do you want to watch this? And then I go, Hamlet, my dog, do you want to watch this? I don't really care. I get to make the decisions because no one else is going to, you know, no one else is here to choose. I think mine's kind of an obvious one. So I, as I stated before, I was in a relationship for about three and a half years. And uh, in COVID, basically, because we were living together in another city, I probably wouldn't have ended the relationship, mostly because logistically, it just didn't make sense. But, uh, but it kind of COVID allowing us to come home, giving me the assurance that she's in a city with her family around, it uh, it kind of gave me the opportunity to do this. And since then, I've been dealing with that, obviously. Um, I know that's not specific to COVID itself, but I do think lots of people- Oh, totally. People, yeah, are going through issues in their relationship because of COVID. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think for me, that's definitely the biggest, the biggest change. I would say my- physical health my physical because I I mean mental health as well but because I was unhappy and learning to do things for myself has made me just tremendously like more I feel like more put together and more like sane but I think the biggest change would probably have been my like body transformation I I would have never I would have never thought and now I'm like looking at myself in the mirror I'm like hey <laughs> And I think about like, like, I love my body, but like now I'm like, oh, wow, I like could have loved my body a lot more. Yeah, I also just within the past few days, uh, initiated a break with, with my partner and that has kind of been difficult to handle. So that's obviously a very recent thing. But before that, I do think I've been really lucky that I was already living at home, you know, in LA at my parents' house and school going online. I mean, it was definitely a change, but not a huge one because I would be 
at school for maybe three hours every day. So I've been really lucky to not have anything really drastic change. Honestly, I couldn't think of the biggest change other than just what I'm going through right now. Yeah, I mean, I think the social part of it, um, for sure. I mean, just like not seeing people in person all the time um, in terms of like friends. Um, and like even my coworkers were much more like isolated amongst ourselves. We don't have like, usually we're in, um, we have like weekly meetings and now that's been all by Zoom. And so I think in a time when you kind of need more social support than ever because everybody's struggling, like it's actually harder to get that support. Um, and so that's been kind of difficult. Um, and I think also being a healthcare worker, like I get it. Like I get that people don't want to hang out with me. You know what I mean? Like, you know, speaking about like risk management and stuff, it's like, okay, yeah, like I'm, my feelings aren't going to be hurt if I'm not invited to a party. Like it's not, you know, I just feel like I don't want to expose people potentially. And yeah, I mean, I think just the kind of lack of like social fun things and like things that kind of lighten the mood and like distract you and so those things are just not happening as often and when you do it's sort of like a big production um and it's made it just yeah I think it's that's just a big change next question what do you miss most about pre-covid life I would say hugging people I miss hugging people I miss that physical connection. I, I love hugs. I also weirdly love handshakes. I think a good handshake is really sexy. <laughs> Almost like the innocence or like ignorance around going out and going to the store and not being afraid for your life that you might get a deadly illness or pass it on to somebody else and have no idea. I miss that, that free feeling just to go to the store just because you want to just walk around and look at things. I don't, I miss going to TJ Maxx on Friday nights just to browse the home section. I miss getting to be around lots of people. And also I, I love people watching. Like I am the type who will just go to a restaurant and just sit and just watch everyone around me. And I mean, you can do that a little bit now at restaurants, I suppose, but I miss being in large groups of people. I really do because as much as I've valued my alone time, I also love being surrounded by a lot of people and I do enjoy parties and going to bars and all of that stuff and dancing with people around me. And I, so it's just definitely the social connection and getting to hug strangers and things like that. Yeah, I miss, I almost miss the kind of naivete of being able to touch whatever you wanted without thinking. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. And also it's, I feel like there's a, there's a, a disconnect and almost like a fear of other people. Like, I feel like we're kind of in a space where people suddenly just don't trust any other people. Mm, and uh, just because everybody thinks that somebody, that the other person, and could be sick and you obviously you want to keep yourself safe and because we wear masks which I completely advocate just putting that out there but (laughs) uh but because of that you lose a lot of connection with facial expressions and with uh and just generally like it's a smile that makes people feel safe like your facial expressions are supposed to welcome people and uh, and you definitely lose that to some extent I obviously similarly miss large social groups and yeah I miss being able to just walk walk around without a mask and just walk yeah. without, without care 
And it's sometimes crazy looking back literally a few months ago or like watching. Yeah, when you watch a movie and you see somebody like go so close to someone and you're just <laughs> yeah, like, oh my God, like, you're what are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> Then, uh, yeah it's just it's funny it's an entirely different yeah, world we live in it, it really, really is, is. <laughs> i miss like going to concerts and like you know i met obviously i miss seeing my friends but that is something that now we've kind of all worked out a way to see one another but it's just it's like there's little things like i never was one to like love to go to a movie theater but would love to go to a movie theater now i miss like going to museums it's just the little things that i probably i obviously took advantage of and didn't realize in the moment like yeah you can just go to a museum you can just like pop in here or pop in there it's like the other day i tried to go to the 99 cent store because i needed a dustpan and um that was like that ended up taking an additional you know 15 20 minutes not that that's the end of the world but it took a little bit more time than it would have because i had to stand in line and i had to wait and then i went to trader joe's and i had to stand in line and i had to wait so it's like you're already emotionally exhausted from covid and then the fact that you're like okay well i need to get groceries and do this and do that like it's like i'm less motivated to cook now whereas before i was like oh okay well i could just run into vons and get the few things that i need like a little sporadic you know cooking sesh and now I'm like all right I've got to make a list I've got to make sure my list matches up with how everything's set up in the store so that I'm not like wandering back and forth all these things and not spending any extra time that I need to in there and it's partially because one I don't want to get sick and two because I'm trying to be you know mindful of the other people that there that are there it's like they don't want some you know random girl just like lurking around the corner because she forgot to get her produce and now she's in the meat department you know it's like and I don't, and it's at this point, like, I don't want to be in the grocery store, you know, wandering. Like, it used to be like a fun thing where I was like, yeah, I'll just kind of like go to the grocery store, see what talks to me. And now I'm like, nothing's talking to me. We've got a, we've got a plan and we need to execute it. Now everything is more, more work. And it's like, I shouldn't be exhausted, but I'm like, I'm exhausted. And all I did was go to the grocery store today. I just miss going to a bar and just going out with your girlfriends and just like hanging out not necessarily even just like going out to meet guys or girls or whatever it's just like having that having that interaction without stressing about like oh you can't have more than six people at your table if you're gonna sit at this restaurant and or like all of all of like our great like all of these great places are closing like that's another thing like all of our watering holes are all closed I just like even going to someone's house for a house party is just like and meeting new people in that kind of way is just I miss that so much and then also I I just miss Disneyland <laughs> I miss theme parks I miss going I miss going with theme park and dressing up in my Disney gear with my Disney ears and my like little fanny pack and just like going to California Adventure, getting drunk in the morning with some Bloody Marys and riding rides. <laughs> I just miss it. I it's just like these you take these like little things for granted. It's like when the beaches were closed, like not being able to go to the beach, it was just like Yeah. How can you prevent me from going to a public place? And I just I man thank god the beaches are open again but like that that was touch and go for a while (laughs) next question 
how have you been socializing or have you been socializing? No, not going anywhere. I go to the grocery store once a week and occasionally if I, if I need to go to another store um, or I've had some, some health things. So if I need to go to a doctor's appointment, but a lot of what I've been doing has been over Zoom or video chat. I guess out of the whole quarantine and everything, I can say that I am grateful for that kind of communication and meeting new people online and like that I never would have. I wasn't comfortable even sending voice notes. And now I do multiple video chats with people throughout the week. I guess if I could take anything out of it, I'm very grateful for that and for talking to people and meeting people and making new friends where I never would have before. Yeah, I've definitely traveled some. I've gone back and forth to Seattle a few times where I'm from. Um, so I've gone on some airplanes and flying right now is like the best time to fly ever. There's nobody on the planes, the airports are empty. My experiences have been pretty good, like on very empty planes. And I mean, so my whole thing with COVID is, I mean, I think it's a very serious and a very contagious disease, but I also think it's very easy to protect yourself from it. To me, like the airplane's as safe as going to the grocery store. I mean, I just think as long as you're diligent about keeping yourself safe, I don't think that travel is something that should be super viewed as super unsafe because I don't think it is at all, especially because I've probably gotten on five planes and I've been tested every time I fly, I come back and get tested. I'm five for five on those. But for the most part, I've really just stayed in a very small little cell of homies. There's like my my three closest homies in LA, but we've really kept it pretty small. There's like basically just three of my homies and kind of just trusting them to be on their best behavior when they're not with me. We have been socializing. I think at first we really weren't seeing anyone, but mm -hmm. we have a very... We have a very small group of really close friends that we continue to see and we just hang out with each other and that's just kind of how we've been doing it. Obviously, we wouldn't go to any big events of any kind or any parties or anything like that, but we have been seeing a very small amount of friends. I guess for me, the, the biggest annoyance was more... The knowledge that there were certain people I couldn't hang out with because I couldn't trust them more than myself. Like, for instance, mm, I haven't been going right. out and seeing a ton of people, but it's been very frustrating because there are loads of people I do want to see, but I can't because I don't they think they're making good out. choices. Yeah. yeah, so that's, that's, I don't know, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Generally speaking, we, we made an effort not to see anybody who we really didn't yeah. know and care about. It's and more, we're still doing that. Yeah, like, of course. If we know that someone's been going out or seeing lots of people, we definitely wouldn't see them. But at the same time, I just, I don't think it's healthy to be seeing absolutely nobody. Yeah. And there's also a bit of a risk versus reward thing where I have quite a few friends that live alone, aren't with any, aren't around any yeah. people that uh, they're not around any people that are high risk or anything like that, in which case they're a little more willing to yeah. do some stuff that which say we sense. wouldn't do because at the end of the day, we come home to our parents, parents in their early uh, 60s, late 50s. So yeah. so yeah, it's all about what you think you can do. I'll go to a friend's house. Um, it start like initially was like, we can do things outside. We can like, if you have a backyard, I'll sit in your backyard, you know, things like that. I'll go to dinner. So that's one of the things that I do socially is like, uh, I'll go to dinner and I make sure we sit outside. But it's like, sometimes I feel guilty. I'm like, should I be, should I be doing this? Like, 
and I, I feel like part of me is like, yeah, I'm helping like bring the community back together and bring money back into like rotation. And then part of me is like, oh my God, these people like could get sick and like, but they're putting their, themselves out there. So it's this ongoing like battle, primarily just in my head of like, is this okay? Like, is this going to be okay? So it's like then socializing in that manner in like a going to a restaurant where they're taking the precautions, they're doing everything they need to do, still makes me anxious. And it's less like, I'm worried I'm gonna get sick and I'm just like, am I doing the wrong thing? Should I just stay home and order takeout? Like, especially in the beginning, I didn't really, I didn't really meet up with people um, other than my mom because I wanted to protect my mom because my mom is at risk, and I really wanted to be able to see her. Um, and a lot of other families don't get that privilege, so I really did want to take that, take advantage of like being around my mom during this time especially with my breakup and going through all of these things. And then uh, when all of the uh, protests and riots were happening, um, that was probably the first time that I went to go meet with friends to go protest. And that was like a whole experience in itself, which was, it was powerful. It was emotional. It was just like nice to just like be around like-minded people and being around your friends like for for a for a good cause and like being outside and it there's just no it was just an amazing experience that I could not like for myself like pass up really it's just been in the last like two months or so like I'd say August and September that I started like going to restaurants or and like not really doing that that often but like maybe once every two weeks like going out to eat and um so it's kind of just gradually increased I guess and I feel like it's I mean for the most part I feel like it's pretty safe but yeah I mean I, I think it's just this kind of gradual like opening up of things and I just I think it's just impossible to stay so strict about it forever but again I mean it just goes back to kind of that weighing of like risks and benefits you know and it's like if I want to go out to dinner to celebrate my birthday like yeah there's gonna be a risk but like do I want to stay home and do absolutely nothing you know do I want to see people do I want to like have some kind of a way of like commemorating this you know so it's just hard so the next one, what is the best thing to come out of quarantine? I mean, I really enjoyed like time to myself and like things just kind of slowing down because I live like at a pretty, not chaotic, but I have a pretty like fast paced life. Like I'm pretty all over the place and I always take enough time to just kind of like center myself and like spend time on me. And so I've really enjoyed that. Especially my roommate went up to Seattle for a few months here. He just came back and then just went back to Seattle, but he was gone for a few months. So I had a bunch of time just to myself, which was nice because you just get to work on you a little bit. And that was really nice and has been really nice. Just spending time, just kind of working through some things that maybe have given me like frustration and just trying to think about the future, a lot of time to think about the future and like what are we going to do and what I'm going to do. And I've really enjoyed that. And, you know, writing some of that stuff down and like keeping track of your thoughts and trying to become better through all this rather than be hella frustrated and like complain about it. I just try to keep positive and keep moving forward. Also having, yeah, having the strength to kind of end a relationship that wasn't working for me, that 
while it was a painful thing to do since then I've been a lot happier so I think honestly more than anything having to face such a large shift in everyday life really did make me reevaluate a lot of aspects in my life and I, I do I am genuinely I don't, I'm not grateful for COVID but I'm grateful for the opportunity to do that because it, it was it did even though COVID's been a horrible thing it did catalyze quite a few pretty good things in my life admittedly yeah, I would say for me, I mean, it definitely taught me a little bit more that I do enjoy being by myself. I also think it's been, it's been really nice to get to spend more time with like you, for example, my brother. <laughs> um, it's been nice, like the, the core people that we have been seeing and that have been around, it's it's been nice to have this change of pace where no one's really doing anything. And so we get to spend all of this time together. And I definitely think we have maybe gotten a little closer because of it. You know, if we were still going to school, he would be in San Diego. He wouldn't even be here. And it's been nice to have each other around. And so I would say that's definitely one kind of being able to all, you know, spend more time together considering there hasn't been that much to do personally I feel like oh it's it's a lot of like personal work and self-growth and I've kind of I think I've learned a lot like as far as myself and you know where I'm at and what I want um I also think that like I mean I it's unfortunate that I lost my job but I wasn't happy at my job. So, and I was really trying to, it was like difficult for me to go, okay, well, I can't just quit my job because I don't have any source of income and I have, you know, bills and things I have to pay. I can't just like, like, okay, whatever. Um, so I see that as kind of a blessing in disguise, the fact that I lost my job. Um, and now I have the opportunity to like sit down and really like think about what do I want? How do I want to, you know, what is the kind of company I'm looking for or this and that and then you know find it and spend time finding it and not just settle like I feel like I've kind of been doing. I didn't lose my job I'm so grateful for that so I, that's something that I don't have to worry about and I am I lost 30 pounds that's great news for me I you know am living a great life I'm I'm lucky I should be happy for myself I should be happy that I'm making these changes for myself so I mean it's a it's it's the catch 22 but it you know all in all I feel like I've come on the other side of things a better person um I said that as a question <laughs> I came out the other <laughs> I'm like a better person. Um, <laughs> I came out on the other side as a better person. And I can't be, I can't be mad at that. The slowing down of like the pace of kind of daily routines. And I think that a lot of times, you know, just in the daily grind of things, we tend to put everything in the category of what I have to do, what I need to do, what people are expecting me to do. And we don't always examine like, do I actually need to do this? And do I actually want to do this? Um, and I think when you add the risk of <laughs> exposure to COVID, it really makes you examine what is a priority, what is necessary, and what really isn't serving me, whether that's like in work situations, social situations, obligations of any nature. And so by eliminating a lot of those kind of extra things that we always have traditionally felt very obligated to do, it allows us to really 
slow down the pace of our day-to-day and actually make time for things like self-care <laughs> and exploring like what our actual interests are and when we're alone like how do we entertain ourselves how do we you know kind of sustain ourselves like emotionally mentally during a time that's very draining um and i think those skills and like that experience of having to develop those skills will serve us much longer than this pandemic will last and our final question what do you imagine the future will be I don't know what it's going to look like. I just hope that somehow it dies down and there's some kind of vaccine that's safe. I hope that it goes away soon. And I know that life as we know it is never going to go back. And I think in some ways that's good. I go to the grocery store and I disinfect all of my groceries when I get home. And that's stressful too. So I would love for the near future (laughs) to be a little more chill and relaxed and to feel like safer going out places. Yeah. I mean, I just think the future is going to be semi jacked up just in general, especially here. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I know that the whole like world of anti-vaccine people is going to make everything tricky because that's real. I worry about that a bit. I worry about people not wanting to take the vaccine. I think it's going to be like a, I think we're going to have like for the next year or so, there'll be a, it's going to be a constant ebb and flow of the wave of COVID. I don't think it's going away in the next year. Like, I think we're going to have to deal with this off and on. There's going to be spikes. And I think it'll be like coordinated, like in terms of it'll stay in certain areas. Um, And hopefully we do a good job here in Los Angeles and California. Because like, as we're already seeing, there's pockets of absolute idiots in our country who just don't like to follow the rules and just think that like it's their freedom and all the conspiracies and all that. So I think we're gonna have to deal with that for like the next year. I think the next year is going to be weird and frustrating because... I think it's going to be off and on and it's going to be just kind of a wave of like, but no, I think in 2022, everything will be normal again. I guess real on, on a global scale, realistically, I think people need to accept the fact that life is going to be different for a while. Uh, if not ever go back to what we used to call normal. I think acceptance is a very large part of that because more and more people are going to die as a result of trying to pretend that this isn't happening. Um, So I think it will require patience and it will require people to care for other people more than anything, because realistically, people in my generation are the ones that are going to spread COVID the most and the ones that will be the least impacted. So we have to care enough about others to do the right thing. Um, I think we have to wait for a, uh, uh, what's what I'm about, a vaccine. And I don't think that'll happen. I don't think we'll have a proper vaccine probably for another year and a half, maybe two years. And I think in that time, we have to just continue to do our best to social distance. And um, and hopefully, given then, uh, life will go, once the vaccine's out, we will go back to a more relative norm. I guess I hope that we are patient, that we care enough for each other to try and help uh, help cause the least amount of destruction. I really hope that we get a new president. That's a big, <laughs> that's a big thing I'm hoping for right now. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you know, obviously like anyone, I can't wait for when things are more normal again. So I, I do obviously hope that that happens and I realize that it's going to take some time. Um, but I, I also hope that because I think it would be really great if we could continue to get 
the death rate down a lot because if we could get COVID to a place where it was, you know, only a little worse than the flu in terms of deaths, I think that would help a ton in terms of the risk factors and things like that. And so I think that would be great. And I know we've already started that a little bit and the death rate has gone down a bunch just because we're getting more used to treating it and knowing what to do. But I really hope that continues because um, that would be really great and would allow life to go a little bit more back to normal. What I would love the future to look like is, I and I've mentioned this a couple times to like my friends and my aunt, like it would be really nice to kind of normalize wearing masks. I think that that, that is something that the Asian countries like Japan and China like really have a good like it doesn't mean you're sick with you know something awful it doesn't mean this it's just a way of keeping yourself safe as well as other people around you I would love if as a community we or like as a whole I guess as a nation we somehow realized that you know this we can't just be so selfish I don't think that's going to happen but it would, it would be lovely. I hope at least this kind of changes a few people's minds and really they can go like, great, I'm not the selfish asshole that I was before. I'm sick, I'll stay home. I also hope that it kind of helps right, like make it more normal in the workplace that if you're sick, don't come into work. Like take care of yourself. Like the amount of times that I was sick and I just went to work because I was like, oh, no one else is there to cover my shift. Like, my, like I don't want my boss to be mad at me whatever, like, that's, that's not okay. Like, you shouldn't feel guilty for, I would feel guilty for being sick. I had strep throat and I was like, oh my God, like I could not go into work because it's contagious, but you know, I'd have body aches or whatever. And I'd just be sitting there at my desk like this, hoping no one would answer the phone because, or sorry, no one would call on the phone so that I didn't have to talk to anybody while I was feeling miserable. Should also, healthcare and therapy should be free after all of this. Like, please. <laughs> I mean, I, I really hope that something like we start getting back to normal in like, it's not probably not going to be for like another year, but as soon as, I mean, I would hope that we would get a vaccine and be able to just, I, I mean, things are going to open up all at once, but like, I don't know. I don't know, honestly. I mean, I feel like live events and stuff are still like two years away from like being a thing again which is so sad and a lot of industries are just like suffering it's just really I just I just hope that in the next in the ne like next it, next year things will start to become normal in the sense of people are still going to be aware of the things that are going on and people are still going to be taking care and taking care and uh um and make and taking those precautions like wearing a mask or um or washing your hands using hand sanitizer just like clean 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 and keeping up with these things and you know respecting you know other people and respecting p people that are at risk but at the same time like i just i just hope people can like see their families again i feel like that's just like the hardest the hardest thing to just be secluded and not being able to see like your parents or like it's just hard and i hope that at some point in the next 6 months or the next year like that's going to change i think that things will resume but i think that there will be this period of time between, you know, so whatever it is that kind of gets us over the hump of there being 
a significant acute risk of exposure, right? So whether that's a vaccine that works, whether that's a novel therapy that, you know, really eradicates the virus, whether that's some degree of herd immunity, whatever it is, I think there will be a time when the risk of actual exposure is quite low, if not zero. Um, and things will open up, things like festivals, concerts, mass gatherings of any sort. And I think there'll be a gap of time between when the actual risk is quite low and when people are actually feeling safe engaging in those things because kind of the memory and the trauma of this time and right now like picturing what it would be like to be in a crowd at a festival is so panic inducing it's almost like we've forgotten that that was an enjoyable experience at any point. Like the idea that close human contact with strangers used to be a pro and not like a deathly con. I think that that memory has now receded because of the acuity of this trauma. And so there will be a period of adjustment where just like our daily behaviors and our routines and the way that we like naturally have started to kind of socially distance, um, I think it will take some time before that goes back to normal. All right. So listening through all of those, I was just like, I was very struck by how similar and how different everyone is kind of handling this. I also think it's really important to, to note, and like we talked about this at the beginning a little bit, like we're still in it. Like, yeah nothing about this is over. And this is, this didn't make it into the final cut of the interviews, but um, the healthcare worker we spoke to talked a bit about that, like, this is an ongoing trauma that like, we're still in it. We're still experiencing the trauma of this moment right now. So like, it makes a lot of sense that we haven't been able to find necessarily like solutions or tie things up with a bow. And that's definitely like having these series of interviews, we weren't trying to be like, and now it's over and we've figured out how to describe how we feel about it. Yeah. Um, I wish. Yeah. I mean, I wish there could be a wrap on COVID, but I don't think there will be. And like, even, I mean, this, it was no one that I interviewed, but I've even been talking to people outside of these conversations, once I started having these conversations, I started kind of asking everyone about their experience during COVID, whether or not we were going to be on, on a recording, but there are full on businesses cropping up around the existence of this disease. And I don't think they're going anywhere. This pandemic, like there are countries who shut down more or less eradicated their numbers and now the numbers are right back up the mutations are right back up there are people who had antibodies and no longer have antibodies and are susceptible again and it's just a mutating mess (laughs) so honestly we're in the middle of something that like we don't even really know what's going on at all yeah I know nothing that's going on I'm about like COVID I mean, I, I like know, like I know what the numbers are, but also I've like, uh, I have, I have been super isolated. Like I'm reading stuff constantly, but I feel like I have very little scope, uh, and like of, of how people are uh, like really doing, like, I don't know. I don't know. And it was, 
it was interesting to have these conversations and just kind of go through all the, the, the levels of like, how are you in different words, you know? I mean, I think, I think something that's interesting is that everybody that we talk to in these interviews are single people. <laughs> if you think about like, it's not a very great representation of what's going on. We, we shouldn't maybe yeah. go through the experience of the single COVID person, because I feel like even for you and me, the experiences have been a lot different. And I think that maybe your experience would have been a lot different if you didn't live with Joey. You know? 100%. 100%. So like I think most of the reason why we've begun to take these calculated risks is because like we just can't be alone this long and be okay for our own mental health. So I feel like there's a lot of people who are we also didn't talk to any married people. There's a lot of family units who are just now like, this is what we are now. It's just us four. And like, we're a family and we do everything together. And they're just stuck in the house. And it's safe. It's way safer to be like that. But I mean, like, obviously, it's not possible for everyone. It's not possible if you live alone. It's not possible if you're like young and you need to go to school. or. Have. But there's a lot of people who have just chosen to shut down the doors of their house and stay home. That's a that's another experience. There's, I mean, also interesting to talk to people who really like live in rural areas where like some people are just like, it doesn't really seem any different. You know, like I, I had a friend who was living in Mexico and she's like, doesn't really feel like there's a pandemic out here because they were just out in the countryside and it didn't really matter. There were no urban sprawls to be worried about people touching each other. And there's just so there's just such a wide array of experience that obviously we couldn't even begin to cover. But even just this slice was nice to hear, like, look at how different all these experiences all look at how similar they are too. you know. Totally. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even realize that we only talked to single people. We also <laughs> talked to, <laughs> we talked to uh, almost half of the people we talked to went through breakups and quarantine. Right. So, if, <laughs> so if y'all need like a um, quarantine breakup support group, maybe we can <laughs> put you in contact with each other. Quarantine breakups are seriously real. Also shout out to everyone who's like trying to be dating during quarantine that's new on my agenda it's not okay <laughs> count me out but like here I am still doing it everybody look for me on hinge why didn't you <laughs> why why didn't your range <laughs> extend it to southern california <laughs> oh. should we do an episode about your quarantine dating experience oh my god that would be just like the pinnacle of shame for me and no <laughs> Oh, I mean, who knows what's going to happen, but I'm glad we did this. I'm glad that we, we had all of these chats and, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll do, we'll do another check-in and see how everyone's holding up. Yeah. I mean, everybody stay safe with the second wave, stay healthy. It's actually flu season now. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. And I was thinking too, like, I'm sure there are going to be people who hear this and listen to this and be like, why are we still talking about this? Like quarantine and COVID has dominated most of the conversations I've had for this year. Like every time I talk to someone, it's like you, it's hard to have a conversation without talking about it. Right. And honestly, there was something about that that felt kind of good to me to just be like, you know what, we're just going to fucking do it for a whole hour. Right. Like, 
and, (laughs) you know, not pretend like this isn't the biggest thing happening in my life right now, because it is. I mean, in our lifetime. Yeah. This is just the biggest thing. I mean, talk about what's the vibe. The vibe of 2020 is, was, and always will be COVID. So here you go. It's uh, definitely not my favorite vibe we've ever had. It just is what it is. Speaking of what's the vibe. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to, we'll bring it back and we'll, we'll end the episode with our favorite, favorite segment. What's the vibe? Do you have your vibe? I have mine. Yay. Okay. I have mine too. Do you want to go first? Sure. So my vibe is Miss Grass pre-roll mini joints. (laughs) The ones I have are, I have the the ones called fast times. I don't know. I, I have no idea what, don't talk to me about like what type of blend it is because I don't know but it's the one in the pink box so (laughs) if you're curious and you're gonna go to the dispensary it's the Miss Grass joints in the pink box um I have I'm not like a huge uh cannabis connoisseur but talk about going with my quarantine vibe that has definitely been something that like has helped me chill out like I had I realized earlier this year like drinking and I've also, I like definitely do not drink the way I used to, but like, I like having a beer every now and then, you know, some tequila shots if I'm feeling really rowdy. But, um, I had like one particularly drunk night at the beginning of quarantine. And I was like, I cannot do this anymore. Like I cannot treat my body this way. I feel so bad when I drink. Um, but if I have like a little weed, I feel good and I feel relaxed and like, I feel my, all the joints in my body just feel like good. And yeah, so I've been doing that lately instead of like when I would normally have a couple drinks, I've been just like smoking a little weed and um, it's been so nice. So I love that. So that's my vibe. Um, I did also, the reason I got these joints was because Miss Grass, if you don't, I'll definitely put it in the show notes, but if you don't follow Miss Grass, they, uh, they're like a, a women-led cannabis organization brand they do a lot of cool stuff but basically they were hosting this like they called it puff and paint and they had someone like teach so they they actually sent out the materials like they sent out watercolors and like a pad like a paper pad of paper and um gave you like a discount code to go buy the joints so I went and I like bought the joints and sat down and did this like puff and paint class and I was like this is amazing and I should do it at least once a week that is so fun. Yeah. So that was like how I, how I found this uh, specific brand, but you know, they're great. They're really nice. And I love like, cause I'm like, I'm not going to smoke a whole joint by myself. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot, that's a lot for me, but like the little mini ones are, they're cute and they come in like a cute little box and they have their own matches and um, very into it. Very, it's, it's definitely been a, a, an ally to me in quarantine. So I love that. Yeah. What's your vibe? Oh, my vibe is shitty Christmas movies. Oh, yay. <laughs> and, you know, for me, it's like as soon as November 1st hits, it's Christmas season. I'm listening to my Christmas playlist on Spotify. And I just love shitty 
Christmas movies because it's basically like a bunch of shitty romantic comedies, which I love, but they're all Christmas theme. And mm-hmm. I love just like watching them and the whole way through. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so bad. Oh, my God. She's such a bad actress. Oh, my God. This is so embarrassing. Oh, my God. This writing is so bad. And then as soon as you get to like the ending, like Christmas miracle part or like the love part that I start crying. <laughs> And I was like, oh, that was so good every time without fail. And I just am a sucker for shitty Christmas movies. I recently watched Operation Christmas Drop. Mm. It's new on Netflix this year. But I mean, without fail, I watch every single Christmas movie available on Netflix every single year. So I love that they just keep adding them. But yeah, Operation Christmas Drop was new this year. And it was so cute, so cheesy, so just like horrible in every way except for the fact that it brought Christmas spirit so the vibe is Christmas spirit I think I'm going to decorate my house this week because why not and tis the season to be jolly and yeah Christmas is in the air Merry Christmas everyone yay um (laughs) I'm I'm like fully on board for you know like do it as early as you want yeah I think it's fine I'm, I'm just like not about hating on people for getting in whatever spirit they need to. I mean, especially now. Yeah. It's like, I love Christmas decorations because it makes you feel like really happy to be at home. And then like you put the candles on the candles that smell like Christmas trees and and pine cones and cinnamon Mm. baked apples, something. And then it just like it smells like Christmas all the time and it feels like Christmas. And it's like, who wouldn't want this? It's great. I agree. I'm a huge fan of Christmas. Here. Me too. And I think I'm going to go, I'm going to get a fake pink Christmas tree <gasps> as an accent tree to put like somewhere else in the house. Because I think at this point we have one large tree that we buy a real tree and then we put a little mini tree on top of the piano but now I'm going to put another Mm. fake tree in another room in the house because it's like why not why not I love that yay okay well let us know how you're doing let us know what you need um how let us know what's been really supportive to you during quarantine or if you're still looking and you know figuring it out we definitely all are trying to just get through it so yeah yeah stay safe wear a mask social distance but also socialize I think that what I've taken away from this is like just because you're like being safe doesn't mean you have to completely isolate yourself and I feel like the huge shift for a lot of people was like Once I stopped like trying to like completely hide from the world, things got a little better. So stay safe, stay masked, stay distanced, but like, don't forget to call up a friend. Don't forget to walk outside. Don't let a month and a half go by before you leave your apartment. I make no promises. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Well, we love you. We do. We love you. And we hope that, yeah, we just love you. Yeah, that's all we can. That's all we can do. Sorry, we're not medical professionals. And also the balance of the world doesn't hang in our hands. Although I wish actually I have no desire for that to be the case. But I mean, if it did. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, we love you. And let us know. Let us know what you need. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know how we can support. 
And if you want to tell us about your time in quarantine, we're all ears always. So, okay. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.